The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. You're with David Curtin and today's news talk. TNT. Hello and welcome to the David Curtin Show. I am David Curtin and I am delighted to be joining today's new talk, news talk TNT. There's never been a need for a station like TNT because we are in the midst of government tyranny and overreach like never before. Now, I'll tell you a little bit about myself as this is my first show with TNT. Now, I got into politics actively about 10 years ago. And as I've said many times, I got into that because I was concerned mainly about two things. Firstly, the globalists and what they were doing to take away freedom and national sovereignty for me in the UK, but also around the world. And how it was particularly manifest 10 years ago was with the European Union. And I fought for Brexit back before the referendum in 2016. That seems like a long time ago now. The other thing I was concerned about was what was then known as political correctness. And already 10 years ago, that was curtailing people's free speech in ways that I'd never imagined could possibly happen in the West, because we've always said, and I always heard growing up, we live in a free country. You can say what you like, you can do what you like. But today, no one would say that anymore. We understand that we don't actually live in a free country anymore because our freedoms are being taken away. We still have some freedom and we need to fight for it, but we are in a battle. And if we don't fight, we're going to lose it. So that's why I got actively involved to fight political correctness. But over the 10 years since then, since I started getting involved actively in politics, that has warped uh, even more into what we now understand as wokery. That's a word which is used a lot to describe the attacks on freedom of speech and all the smearing that goes along against people who don't tow the mainstream line and the lines that are coming up against you uh, from the powers that be. But the actual ideology behind that, as I've spent many times and given many talks on, uh, is cultural Marxism. And that is something that creates oppressor victim narratives when there is no oppression, but the idea is to completely undermine our society, our values, our freedoms, and our democracy. But over the last four years, that has accelerated into something that I never even would have imagined 10 years ago when all of the attacks were becoming apparent on freedom and free speech through cultural Marxism. And we know, and I'm sure you know if you watch this channel, that every year since 2020, there has been a new thing coming at the people where the government, the mainstream media, the behavioral psychology units, the deep state, whatever you like to call them and however they are all mixed together, every year they have thrown something at us uh, to advance their agenda. In 2020, you know it was COVID and lockdowns. And if you didn't go along with it, if you questioned it, you were called a granny killer or a COVID idiot. Then in 2021, there was the injections, the experimental injections, which is the correct name 
for what the mainstream and the governments call vaccines, which they do to try to give them some kind of credibility that they shouldn't have. And if you didn't go along with that, well, then you were called a super spreader or an anti-vaxxer. Then in 2022, there was the whole war narrative with the Ukraine situation. And I said from the very beginning, like many people here, that this was a war that didn't ever need to happen. Uh, but if you went along, if you didn't go along with the narrative, sorry, you were called Putin's puppet or a modern day Chamberlain or someone who was an appeaser. And people said that to smear you if you don't go along, if you didn't go along with that narrative. And then we have in 2023, the whole situation with the Middle East kicking off. And my take immediately was that we are all being corralled into taking a side on this, even when this is nothing to do with most people in the West. All we should be doing is calling for peace and calling for a ceasefire so that people on both sides can save their lives. And so we minimize the death and the killing and the war and destruction that's happening. But then this again has morphed this year into new narratives of war and war is being talked up, conscription is being talked up and many other things that advance the globalist agenda while they continue to push new narratives, new fake viruses, and new methods of control, which are trying to take over. Now, what I see we have to do is we have to act and speak out immediately. We see some jiggery-pokery going on by the people in power. Don't wait. Back in 2020, I was cautious. I waited a little bit. I was... a. I said what needed to be said, but I held back in actually going guns blazing against the powers that be. What we have to do is speak out immediately, and I'm glad to have this platform where I can do that, and I'm gonna be talking to lots of wonderful guests who will do that as well. Thank you um, for being with me today. This is today's News Talk TNT. It's the stuff. What citizen wouldn't want to make American great again? People are talking about. Vilifying MAGO if it's not going to work. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Thank you. Welcome back. And I have with me Gemma Cooper, who is our resident uh, news reporter. Welcome, Gemma. Thanks for coming to join me on The David Curtin Show. Well, I just feel absolutely honoured, David. It's your first show on uh, TNT, and I do the news on all the UK shows here at the 10 past the hour while we're, we're broadcasting in the UK, and I'm the first person that gets to speak to you. So officially, I'm going to say on air, welcome to the good ship TNT. Welcome aboard. Um, you're in very good company, and we're delighted to have you. You know, your reputation within the, the UK freedom movement is, is sterling. You've appeared at so many freedom rallies. I myself watched you at a few rallies in 2020 and 2021. I'm delighted to be working with you. It's going to be a, a really a really good addition to the TNT UK team. Thanks, Gemma. That that's so good. And the freedom rallies that we went on back in 2020, 2021 was so fantastic. And I think they actually had an effect in pushing back against tyranny in this country. I mean, we, we were there, especially the one, I think, in February 2022. I remember the government trying to bring in no jab, no job regulations, which were absolutely appalling. We went out with 100,000 nurses and doctors and pushed back against it. So it was wonderful to be there and see you on some of those rallies. So, but anyway, yeah. 
Gemma, you're here to talk about the news. Um, so what have you got for us today in uh, the news um, that is going on? Well, it's interesting, actually, you know, talked about the various narratives and I've been following the the narrative of the, you know, war with Russia, war with Russia, which you're quite right, is being talked up endlessly. It's almost like it's a foregone conclusion in the minds of, of British people that it's being pushed relentlessly by the military. We've heard the words conscription being banded about. Um, and earlier I was doing a story with uh, Rick and Natalie on Open Line um, about the armed forces and about the, the recruitment and retention crisis that they're in. And I asked a question myself. It was, a, it, you know, it wasn't a rhetorical question. And I said, the question we never ask them is, is the people leaving the army? You know, why are you leaving in droves? Why is this there, this retention crisis? And a story's popped up just before I came on air with you. And it's kind of answering the question. Um, and it's not surprising. I suppose it's got echoes of PPE, corruption and wastage written all over it. But it's to do with the army. And it's emerged today that the UK army has spent four billion uh, last year on, on a procurement project that goes back decades that has has only delivered 44 armoured vehicles out of a promise of nearly 600. Um, this, this whole project is called Ajax. It, it's a huge uh, 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 5.5 billion pound project. Four billion of this procurement has already been spent and effectively nothing fit for purpose has been delivered to the armed forces. Um, they're land vehicles, um, but when they were supposed to come into service in 2020, part of this huge multi-billion pound project, but there's been a litany of errors with all of them. They've been made by General Dynamics, uh, but the trials for the vehicles that were started three years ago had to be paused because uh, service personnel uh, uh, suffered from dizziness and hearing loss after being in these vehicles. The vehicles struggled to fire when they were moving along. And the, the effect on personnel was so severe that hundreds of army staff and, and uh, soldiers had to have medical assessments after taking part in the trials. Um, the vehicles were due to come into service in 2020. Uh, they're not really fit for purpose. The earliest the army is saying they'll now be able to be deployed deployed is 2026 and an ongoing kind of legal review of these vehicles has already cost the taxpayer an extra 1 million on top of the 4 billion that have been spent on things that uh, don't work basically um the government's been accused of failing the troops and the taxpayers ministry of defense surprisingly doesn't want to comment on this story at all says it's unable to comment on, on why so much money has been spent on something that's just absolutely not fit for purpose whatsoever it reminds me of ppe david i don't know if it reminds you of ppe but it does go some way to answering the question that i've been asking now on tnt for a couple of weeks why as our armed forces we've got this huge huge recruitment and retainment, uh, retainment crisis and it looks like it's because it can't provide the right kit uh, I'm probably sure that many service personnel in all of our forces are disillusioned uh, and this probably is just the tip of a very large iceberg Yes, um, that sounds absolutely in line with the gross financial irresponsibility that we have become used to in the UK from successive governments going back 25 or 30 years, whether it's um, Blair, Brown, Cameron, May, Johnson, Trust, Sunak, they all spend ridiculous amounts of money on projects and procurement and giving contracts to people and companies that then just simply don't deliver. And, you know, what was shocking there, as you said, they've spent 
4 billion pounds and supposed to get 600 armored vehicles, but they've only got 44. So that means that, you know, something like 90% um, of that money has disappeared. Where has it gone? Where, you know, like you said, it's actually like the, the PPE scandal, you know, the money there uh, has just gone down the drain. We don't know where it is. Is there any idea um where this money has gone or if there's ever possible um to recover that money so that it can actually be spent on the things that it was earmarked for so we can actually get a decent armed forces a decent armed services with the right kit that they need well quite and that's why i think that the ministry of defense is unable to comment because the minute it starts commenting and trying to kind of uh, defend what's what's where the money's gone i think there'll be a lot of very unanswered questions i mean the question would be uh, general dynamics who manufacture these vehicles and all right we got 44 of them but those 44 are making troops feel sick and they have to have medical attention after using them so those 44 aren't any good either i mean we know about uh, you know shareholders of companies and who sits on boards of what and former politicians and I know you're a politician yourself you form the heritage party but you know once people leave uh, parliament for example and they've held quite high positions of power they go off and sit on mysterious uh, quangos and they join corporate bodies and you know there's interest there's vested interest in these companies everywhere so a bit more digging into general dynamics who made these things may may reveal some shadowy links you know, much like Baroness Moan in the House of Lords denying all knowledge or benefiting from a PPE contract. Turns out she's benefiting all along and her husband ran the company. You know, it's so a little bit of digging. May, I'm only suggesting, it's my own personal opinion, uh, may throw something like that up. I don't know. But I do think it does answer this question of this recruitment crisis in our in our forces, you know, the Army, the Navy and the Royal Air Forces, because, you know, you, you join these things thinking it's going to be great. And then, and then you sign up and you think, well, the kit doesn't work. And it's actually not that great and you know what i think i'll go back to civvy street it's not what is promised and uh, we, we kind of were talking about this a few hours ago on one of the shows here and i think this story illustrates why people just aren't signing up anymore to defend their country well, well, this is a tragedy because we, we need a strong armed forces. I, I don't agree with what this particular government is trying to do with our armed forces in potentially getting them involved in a conflict and a war with Russia. That's absolutely not where we should be going and not what we should be doing with our armed forces, nor should we be engaging in uh, activities in the Middle East, which involve third parties. But what we do need is strong armed forces uh, because something might happen here in our country. And not least, the people have made the point uh, very often, our armed forces should be defending our southern border with lots of boats coming across the channel. But you know, you're talking here about the army, but I think we have similar problems also in the Navy and the Air Force. I mean, this is uh, where the, they don't have um, enough kids, you know, the Navy, um, uh, I hear has sent uh, the, the Queen Elizabeth um, the new flagship, but that can't be sent to, into active service because it doesn't have any auxiliary vessels. Um, who on earth has made these plans which uh, don't uh, mean that our, our armed forces really can't do the job that they need to be done? Well, well, but, quite, yeah, quite, quite. But yeah, that's the story for today. That's the position we are in in, in the UK at the moment. Our armed forces used to be the envy of the world. Uh, not so anymore, I think. Thank you so much for joining me on my first show, Gemma, and uh, for bringing that to our attention. This is today's News Talk TNT. TNT's Mark Morano. This just in. 
We have a new way that's proven effective in dealing with climate protesters who deign to block highways, streets, and other public areas. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this appears to be the most effective way. We have a uh, we have a field shot, a correspondent on the scene. Let's go to clip four and take a look at how to deal with climate protesters when they block your way on your morning commute. I don't want to see protests shut down, but obviously when you're blocking traffic and you're doing that, you need to be dealt with. I thought this was a great vigilante way of dealing with it. Mark Morano on today's News Talk TNT. The Irish government is proposing a law known as the Hate Speech Bill that threatens free speech. This law could have dire consequences for our democracy. Next week, next month, next month, and then on to the next week. This law will have uncertain effects on artistic and musical expression. Please support us. It could stifle the activity of public campaigning on political and civil issues and also curtail speech relating to topics about religion, ethnicity, sex and gender. You could even be jailed for possessing documents, cartoons or memes on your devices, even if you never read them or intended on sharing them. Mere possession could make you a criminal under this law. Help stop this law. Visit www.freespeechireland.ie forward slash take action to bin the hate speech bill. Today's News Talk Radio. I do a lot of streaming radio. I do a lot of free streaming. TNTradio.live. Welcome back. I am David Curtin and this is the David Curtin Show. And I am delighted to welcome my very first guest to the show. This is Lewis Brackpool, who is an independent journalist. And I have met Lewis uh, many times on the freedom rallies we had uh, in London during the lockdown period. Uh, he is a fantastic journalist who actually really does real journalism, unvarnished, and he gives you the truth, untwisted like the mainstream media. Lewis, welcome to the show. David, it's an absolute honour to be on your first show. Thank you so much for for welcoming welcoming me on. It's it's going to be a great show. So thank you. No, it's really great to have you on. And uh, you know, I was I've been speaking to you before the show, and and one, I know one of the things that you have been very interested in last week because there's there's things that happen every day. It's almost like as much happens in a day as in a year in times gone past. But people are still talking about this interview between Tucker Carlson and President Putin. And there's still people um, commenting on that. And the fallout from that um, seems to be quite something. Very, It's bringing up some very, very intense emotions, let's say, in the, the commentariat. Now, what did you make of that interview and uh, what did you think of um, the performances of Tucker Carlson and President Putin uh, last week? Personally, I have to admit, I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed the interview. I thought it was very, very um, fascinating to hear um, what Putin had to say because we obviously we have RT banned in this country, so we can't really get the news from that side of things. And I like to look at absolutely everything uh, to make my mind up. Now, 
This has dispelled a lot of narratives surrounding the Ukraine war, this particular interview. Now, also under the same breath, I'm not going to be quick to believe absolutely everything Putin has to say, obviously, considering he's ex-KGB. Um, and obviously, I'm a sceptic of the, estab the establishment, so it wouldn't make sense of me to completely agree with another world leader on what they have to say. Um, but I believe, in my assessment of the interview, this arguably has helped relations uh, between the East and the West and arguably has done more than any government has tried to do for the last decade or even a few decades, uh, that, being, that, that being said. I found it very interesting with Boris Johnson filming himself on a beach um, saying, coming out and calling Tucker Carlson essentially a traitor and that nobody should be falling for this, quote, ludicrous interview. Um, but Boris's truth telling for the past, well, ever since he's become in power, has actually been dwindling quite drastically. So uh, I'm not sure if he has really a leg to stand on. And of course, the media in the UK, even the mainstream alternative media in the UK, have been absolutely dreadful with trying to, of course, cover this particular story. And of course, Tucker Carlson's journalism, I thought he'd done a fantastic job. And um, yeah, it was it was an eye opening interview. And I personally, I'm not gonna lie to you, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, fantastic. You make some very good points. And I think that's a very, very balanced assessment of the interview. But one particular thing there was very, very interesting, because you have people in the alternative media, as you say, who protest or put themselves forward as standing for freedom and standing for truth. But you have a very, very different response from some people like us who would look at this and say, well, isn't this wonderful that we can hear President Putin direct He's been banned, essentially, because RT uh, is no longer available to view in the UK or anywhere in the West, essentially. But then you have other people, and you mentioned Boris Johnson there, obviously, he's maybe an extreme example, but other people on you know, certain other stations would have actually said, well, also, this is terrible. They seem to have some kind of Putin derangement syndrome where they are saying, oh, we shouldn't be listening to this. But how can people um, say that they are for freedom of speech, but then say they don't want freedom of speech for this person? I mean, have you noticed this almost split in the sort of what we would call the freedom movement and the truth movement? And uh, why do you think that is, if that's so? Yeah, um, I've noticed it, definitely. Um, and with regards to other stations talking about this particular story, I am deeply disappointed um, to see other stations actually just completely reject the notion of the idea of freedom of expression and, and of course, speech. It doesn't mean that you that you agree with absolutely everything someone says. I, I And people forget this, along with guilt by association. That's a massive thing within politics, within media. You know, I call media den of vipers, essentially, because that's that's just the way it is uh, in 2024. Um, with regards to the freedom movement and the split, Yes, I have seen a massive um, uh, sort of shift between what we called the freedom movement a few years ago, and now it's sort of spiralled out of control with lots of different narratives cropping up. You've got the war in Ukraine, you've got Israel, Palestine, you've got all these sorts of happenings that have split people into different tribes almost. And 
I, I hate to say that a lot of the liberal side will be focusing on one way and then the right even, quote unquote, has just abandoned the notion of free speech. Now, not all, of course, but mm. a lot of the right have abandoned this notion of free speech and freedom of expression and have turned almost quite authoritarian in their ways of the idea of the battle of ideas, which I thought that our nation was built on. And with regards to the liberal side, it's it's now almost a because there's no there's no common cause to bring everyone together like COVID did, um, like the talk of vaccines and uh, and of course the efficacy surrounding uh, mRNA. It's split into these tribes of well, if you believe in this thing, then I can't speak to you or I don't want to speak to you anymore. I'm mm. sure you've had it as well, David, with um, of course your views on pro life. That is that of course splits mm. people. Uh, completely, which it shouldn't. We should be able to sit down and have conversations with people that you don't necessarily agree with everything, but having this conversation is so vital and so important. So unfortunately, it's split because of awful and poor communication and poor consistency. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree with you. And one of the most disappointing things over the last two years or so is that someone, uh, you know, I have certain opinions on all of these things. You mentioned pro-life and some people would say, oh, yeah, we agree with you on everything, but we don't like that one thing. So therefore, we're not going to talk to you and we're not going to support you anymore. Anyway, look, it's been um, uh, a really good first uh, part of this interview. We're going to go to a quick break now and uh, I'll come back with you uh, to you in a, just a few seconds. This is today's News Talk TNT. News. News. There is a difference. What's on the schedule for today? A little less yappity yap and a little more news. Yay. Now, TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Less than two years after taking office, Hungary's first ever female president has sensationally resigned amid an unprecedented political scandal. US Defence Secretary Lloyd Austin has found himself back in hospital, this time with an emergent bladder issue. And Israel has launched a wave of violent airstrikes on the city of Rafah in southern Gaza, which has become the last place of refuge for nearly two million Palestinians displaced by the war. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Welcome back to the David Curtin Show. I'm David Curtin here on today's News Talk TNT. And we have Lewis Brackpool here with us as our guest um, to discuss the uh, things happening in politics today. Now, we were just talking about the um, Putin... Tucker Carlson interview and how that led into some people actually trying to curtail free speech when other in other issues they are say that they're for freedom and democracy and free speech but there's an awful lot of hypocrisy among some people now this is something that I found very interesting because at the moment uh, there are three by-elections happening in the UK and the most contentious of those by-elections is taking place in Rochdale, a northern city uh, which is in Greater Manchester. It's um, uh, is also a place which is notorious, uh, sadly and terribly, for grooming gangs. And uh, those have been um, going on there for many, many years. And a lot of uh, girls in the 
uh, town of Rochdale have been treated very, very badly by the authorities and are victims of terrible crimes. That aside, there is a by-election going on. And uh, a very interesting story has developed, which is about free speech, uh, which I think needs a very nuanced look um, and assessment of. Now, there is a Labour candidate there. Now, I must say, I am no fan of the Labour Party. I am no fan of this particular Labour candidate who is called Azar Ali. But he has been attacked in the mainstream media for saying in a private meeting what he thinks about the Middle East situation. Now, apparently, he's said things that have been called deeply offensive. And the, the basic thrust of what he said is that on October the 7th, when Hamas uh, attacked places in southern Israel, he said essentially that the Egyptians warned Israel 10 days before that happened. Uh, the Americans warned them a day before that, that happened. And he also said they deliberately took the security off um, the security offense. And uh, that then gives Israel the right to go and do what they wanted to do in Gaza. Now, he has then been accused of being anti-Semitic and immediately uh, issued an apology for what he said. But actually, I would suggest that some of the things he said were true. Other of those things were perhaps not true and unverifiable. Um, but what do you make of this situation, Lewis? And what do you make about the, um, the way in which people have just gone for this guy and said, you're anti-Semitic and he should be booted out and she should no longer be a candidate. Essentially, he shouldn't have his own free speech on this issue. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you um, with regards to this. I don't I don't think it's right that, uh, like like we've spoken about earlier, this nation is a nation of ideas and, and, and it's built on that notion. So if you have a problem with certain views, we should be debating them. We should be looking into them. Um, do I, I think the question was almost, what do I view? What is my view on this particular uh, sort of comment or anything like that? Like you said, some of what he said is true. The Egyptian intelligence was uh, warning Israel of an impending uh, attack from Hamas. And um, there, there seems to be, like quoted from the US uh, General um, Defense Secretary, I believe, um, said that this was a failure of intelligence. And I've even got a, a friend, Efrat Fenningson, who does some mm. fantastic journalism over in Israel, and she immediately, who is ex-intelligence, um, came out and said, something isn't right here. We should be asking questions surrounding this. Now, of course, this particular candidate decided to throw all of his eggs in one basket and say Hamas deliberately, or sorry, Israel deliberately allowed for this to happen, um, which, of course, isn't a mainstream view, let's be honest. And because Rochdale is such an important by-election and have many candidates, including people like George Galloway, who is standing there. Um, because it's such an important by-election, it's easy for the establishment um, or, of course, anybody to uh, completely use it as a as a way to 
I don't know, thwart, thwart some people from, uh, from, of course, standing or not having that open discussion regarding things. If I'm totally honest, I, I don't like to use this term a lot, but I do see it as a bit of a distraction because the focus should be on these grooming gang scandals. It's That's the focus. I, I, I do, as much as it's horrible what is happening over in Israel and Palestine from, from October the 7th all the way till now, the focus in this by-election should be surrounding British interests and what is happening there. Now, I, I do believe that this was uh, this was filmed in a private meeting and it was almost like a hot mic. So anyone really should be free to express what they believe, even if you completely disagree with them. Um, the notion that this is anti-Semitic, um, I'm... I mean, I'm going to have to disagree personally. The reason being, I've noticed this pattern of using words such as racism or uh, white supremacist or, or anti-Semitic or um, transphobic or homophobic or any of these phobics or ists or isms to shut down the idea of um, understanding or trying to figure out ideas. Now, we must be very cautious using these sorts of words and banding them around um, because it loses potency. It loses the uh, the general meaning behind these words. So in my view, I think it was, I, I don't agree with all of what he said, um, like you do as well, David, but the notion that it could be deemed anti-Semitic, I'm not sure about that. No, I, 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 I don't, I don't agree with that personally. Yeah, um, I think, Lewis, you make a really, really good point there because um, anti-Semitism anti is now thrown out as a smear against someone who is perhaps making a point. And he, he was in a private meeting. Some of what he said was absolutely accurate. But I think when people throw smears out like this, we lose the truth. We lose any ability to get to the truth. And some of what he said is true. Some of what he said clearly isn't true. And I think you need a far more nuanced argument and debate. But obviously, with this as a by-election going on, truth just goes out of the window because people are using this for political capital. You've got other candidates who are you know, immediately jumping on this guy and saying, oh, this is terrible, he's anti-Semitic, but not actually trying to find out the truth of what happened on that day. And there are questions about why the security border was left unmanned for the first time in 50 years when Hamas came across the border. But of course, the blame is on Hamas. They are the people that did that on the 7th of October. And, you know, the people that actually perpetrated the crimes, um, there, is, there is no excuse for that whatsoever. Um, but as you say, Lewis, I think you made a very, very good point that this Rochdale by-election is now becoming um, a ground for people to display their, their policies on the Middle East. And it's become more yeah. about Israel and Gaza than what's happening in Rochdale. Exactly. And that's why I say that it's it's almost like a distraction. Why are these candidates talking about something that's happening thousands and thousands of miles away when Rochdale is, it, it is 
It has had a scandal there for decades with regards to grooming gangs perpetrated by majority Pakistani Muslim origin. And this has been completely distracted from. And why, why are we talking about a particular conflict that is happening miles and miles away when this is a British by-election and the focus should be on the policy making within that area? I don't, I, I yeah. don't, I fail to understand why this this seems to be happening. Not only with Labour, but other candidates are well are putting uh, uh, as well are putting forward this notion. But personally, when it comes to a by election, candidates and uh, candidates, sorry, standing in these in these places, I'm sure you know this way more than I do, uh, David. Of course, being within yes. politics, um, is this is it's incredibly important to focus on what is happening in the area and what is happening absolutely yeah constituency so yeah yeah that's great yes it is let's hope that the people of rochdale will see through this and they will vote for a candidate who is going to put rochdale first and actually uh bring an end to the terrible things that have been happening in terms of grooming gangs there look this is all i've got time for today with you thank you so much lewis for being my first guest uh it was wonderful to talk to you and uh, you have as always fantastic intelligent comment about the things that are going on thank you so much for joining me this is today's news talk tnt with his expert analysis and opinion. This is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. What a dink! Nikki Haley had a record fundraising month in January. January ended last Wednesday, and last Wednesday was the day that Nikki was in Miami Beach meeting with a Democrat billionaire mega donor. Yeah, I'm sure those three things had nothing to do with each other. Right. Tell you something else that has nothing to do with anything. And that's Democrat politicians with R's after their name, like Nikki, like Chris Christie, like Lindsey Graham, like Mitt Romney, like Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, you know the type, and Republican values. And yet all of them claim that they are in politics to preserve and uphold Republican values. Now, if you want genuine Republican values, you've got to look at Donald Trump, at the America First agenda. You've got to look at what make America great again really means. It means a rising tide lifts all boats. It means prosperity for regular workaday people, not just elites whose values are more in line with Davos than with those in the Dakotas. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's News Talk TNT. Right now, the forgotten poor are waiting for healing and care, for life-saving medical care, for a chance to live with dignity and hope. They are waiting for Mercy Ships and you. Mercy Ships is the largest floating civilian hospital in the world with volunteer medical staff and crew who donate their time to save lives. And now, as our newest state-of-the-art hospital ship sets sail, Mercy Ships will double our ability to reach children and adults who need us now. Without the work of Mercy Ships, these patients don't have another option. Mercy Ships is answering the call to serve suffering people who have nowhere else to turn. Together, we are going to some of the world's most desperate places and bringing a wave of hope and healing to those who need it most. To learn more about this wave of hope, go to mercyships.org today. Hi, I'm Amy. 
Abel. I often forget to mention that he's an amputee because Abel will try any activity he can. My arm helps me with basically everything. He doesn't see what he can't do, he sees what he can do. Yeah, okay. this is helping. The War Amps has just given him the ability to do all the activities every kid can do. When you donate to the War Amps, you help kids like me. Thank you! Telling it as it is, David Curtin on today's News Talk, TNT. Welcome back to the David Curtin Show with me, David Curtin. This is today's News Talk TNT. And I am delighted to have on the show Jennifer Arcuri, who to be my second guest today. Welcome, Jennifer. Thanks for joining me on the show. Oh, thank you, David. It's so well-deserved, and I'm ecstatic for you. So way to rock it. Lovely. Now, I remember, Jennifer, I, when there was the lockdown period and the experimental injections, there were all kinds of cancellations and censorship of people on social media. I got bans all over the place on Facebook and Twitter, as it was then. And I actually asked some people to help me get the message out. And I remember asking you if you could, for the week I was banned, if you could actually post some stuff from me. And you did. You were one of the only people that did. And I'm so grateful to you um, back in those, those days <laughs> for, yeah, for sort of helping something. me. Oh, that's very kind. Yeah, I forgot about that. But that's true. I was very upset that they banned you. That was so not, not okay. <laughs> so we all had to stand together and, and support you, which I did. And I'm so glad to see you. Do you remember what I said to you about politics? I can't remember exactly what you said in 2022, but tell, tell me again. So everyone, tell everybody. <laughs> remember I said the whole thing is gonna collapse, like both sides. Mm. And I said, you have to be the standing man through it all, that they knew you from the beginning, they knew you through this fight. And if you're really gonna you know, go on and do great things uh, with the Heritage Party and you know, it, as a politician, just keep standing, you know, because and and now we are seeing the turning on each other this this you know weaponization of each party everybody thinks it's labor versus conservative it's really us versus them and there will be a point where this whole house of cards just collapses and these people that have been fighting so long to take back their freedom will finally be vindicated. But the process of that is learning how to stand in our own individual freedom, our sovereign rights. Mm -hmm. And that's where everybody is right now getting twitchy. But I love seeing you take a oh, because I remember the words values and the principles you were speaking of and how people wanted to attack them because they were so new. You know, when really you were just bringing it back home to the basics. So I can't, I say then to you as I do now, keep standing. You're doing an amazing okay. job. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jennifer. I mean, you, you're absolutely right. In the UK, we have four parties represented in Parliament, Tory, Labour, Lib Dem, Green. I see them as all essentially exactly the same. And they're all following the globalist script and the globalist agendas and undermining everything that has gone before. And you're absolutely right. I think in the grassroots, people are just completely fed up of all of those big parties. And maybe it's the same in the USA as well, where you are. I mean, how do you think people feel 
about Republicans and Democrats there? Is it the same? Uh, is there the same sort of, you know, um, disenchantment with both parties as we have here in the UK? Oh, yes. I mean, the soured, distempered appetite. I mean, it's growing daily. I mean, even last night at the Super Bowl party we were at, you know, everyone there we're talking about the elections. And I said, is anybody gonna mention the fact that we have not resolved the 2020 election? You know, this is this was never decided upon. It was glossed over, shut down and completely muted. And I, I, like I said, you know, earlier, I think there will be a coming head, especially with this election coming up. There will be a point where that reckoning, you know, that, that like big beast they keep trying to put in the closet is going to ultimately take over. This is why a big, a big strong part of me believes that we won't actually have the elections. And whatever they're planning for in May in the UK, I don't, I have this bizarre feeling like it might be pushed back like an orchestrated, you know, because it's gonna get so fierce. Look at what they did with this interview and, and look how the razor sharp, you know, defense came out. When have you ever seen anything like that? And I think the claw mm. come out very soon, especially targeted attacks. And there will be an orchestrated lead up to these elections. I mean, they're already planning the winner, you know. So, but what they're not planning for is how mighty the voice of the people will be this time more than ever before. Because so many of us know we cannot vote our way out of. We cannot keep doing the same thing over again. I mean, I told the head of uh, cyber security skills at, you know, at Cheltenham, um, I told him, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, this is back in the day, is one of the, you know, one of the most concepts. Yet here they are, rinse and repeating, regurgitating over and over again. I saw it in security. I see it in the establishment. And now we're coming into an election season where they're going to try to rinse and repeat, you know, and, and we the people who have grown that much more stronger and, and more vocal and more resilient are not going to let things go. And even if people think, yeah, nothing happens, nothing happens until it does, because it will. Yeah, um, that, 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 is, that is a very frightening idea that the elections may be put off. I mean, I know in the UK that elections were postponed in 2020. I was due to stand uh, for the London mayor elections that was put off for one year because of lockdowns. But we don't have anything remember, at the moment. But Remember when they silenced you during that? Yes. They, they blocked me. The social media yes. actually blocked me the day of the yes. election. That was crazy. I get any I message of it. Yes. Yes, that right. was unbelievable the way they picked and choose, you know, chose who could speak, who could run for mayor. Run for mayor next time. You and me, David. <laughs> I I wish I could, but what I'm doing at the moment is I'm going to be focusing on Westminster. So when the elections do actually happen in the UK, uh, I'll be standing as many candidates as I can with the Heritage Party, and I'll be standing as well. I would like, I would love to get into Parliament because I mean that's where the action is, and we we could turn it around if we could get right. people in there who could actually undo all of the insanity and all of the bad laws over the last thirty years. I mean, we just need to the the government just needs to not 
not do anything. I think it just needs to stop doing bad things and just let everything uh, happen as, as, it, as it should do. We need a small government that doesn't interfere with people's lives. And that's what I, I, I hope that we can do. But um, yeah, I mean, that that is quite a, a thought. And you, you know, your your idea there that the people might actually try to stop the elections happening um both in the uk and the usa i i hope that doesn't happen um but uh but we shall see and time will tell but i want to move on because you, you did mention sorry go ahead. okay sorry I, no sorry sorry go ahead jennifer yeah we can't keep doing the same thing over and over again we can't keep using these smartmatic bastard dominion machines we can't i mean the same process of voting. I mean, I even in the UK, we think that we're hand voted. So we're somehow free from sin and pure as mouth. No, that's not how it works. These votes are very much manipulated wherever you are. I mean, I don't know how many ways to show democracy is completely dead. You know, these people are not being represented. So I love what I love about you is your resilience to keep fighting. Absolutely. Get into Parliament. And at some point, we're going to have to drain that swamp, too, because, you know, none of those people are, I would say, the majority of people standing right now are not there for the interests of the people. Mm. And we know that. Oh, I don't think any of them are really in any anyone that's in one of these big parties, whether it's Republican, Democrat in the USA, Tory, Labour, Lib Dem, Green in the UK. They're not there for the interests of the people. Absolutely. I mean, they're they're for their own interests or for the interests of the global elite and the World Economic Forum and so on. But, you know, you mentioned we've got to get rid of these electronic voting machines and counting machines. I saw in the London election, these the, the, the ballots were going through the electronic counting machines about 20 a second. And you couldn't actually see the marks on the ballot paper. It was extraordinary. It was like nothing I'd seen before. And this is how it's done. So they, they, there's no way of anybody knowing um, if the marks on the paper actually relate to what they tell you the results are when they announce them at the end of the day. And then they said, obviously, sadly, in 2021, that Sadiq Khan was going to be the mayor again for another three years. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. This is a stain on our democracy, our democracies, um, these these counting um machines. But look, you, you did just allude to this um, Tucker Carlson, President Putin interview um, just briefly before, and the reaction to that, which is quite astounding and astonishing. And I know that you actually did write something on Twitter. I saw you put out a tweet um, in response to something <laughs> that Boris Johnson said. You know, sorry, I don't, I don't want to mention that person because, um, you know, what he's done in um, keeping the or going, I think is absolutely appalling. But can we just play that clip where that 20 second clip where he actually had the cheek to say that Tucker Carlson was a traitor and so on? Let's let's have around a look at that the world, 20 second Boris reaction. Ludicrous interview with Vladimir Putin conducted by Tucker Carlson, and we must not fall for this tissue of lies above all for the notion that Putin is somehow fated to succeed in Ukraine. On the contrary, he is doomed to fail. Read about it in the Daily Mail. Jennifer, when, when you saw that, you put up there, he's frightened and a link to that. I mean, what, what were your thoughts when you saw that? You know, that was a ridiculous clip. He said that the interview is ludicrous, but he actually looks ludicrous himself. What do you think about um, why he said that and what he was saying? 
Well, it reminded me of two points that I remember speaking to him in his career early on that he was not happy. And the first one I remember was foreign secretary. He just could not stand whatever it is they were making him do. And he was moaning and all kinds of pathetic and pining. And, and that was a big reason why I thought, okay, this is the time to go. Um, but that's a separate conversation. But yeah, I've, I've, I've heard that whinge. The second time I heard that whinge was May, uh, March, 2016, where he was literally a, a, a bat in a cage. Like he closed himself in, he was, you know, ending of the mayoral term, coming into MP, there was a lot of talk about Brexit and he just was eating his fingernails and at like every bit of cheese and everything he could find and drinking everything he could. And he looked uh, disastrous. I, I, having said all that, and again, that whinge, that like, you know, this kind of, and, and I look at them now, now I wanna be very clear, whatever that is, I don't recognize. Okay, that's how bad it is. But I can see the the pattern of behavior, which is you know now this kind of you know ode to the people. Remember me, your flamboyantly flavorful language filled. Love. You know this this guy that speaks for the people. Remember, oh, I'm on holiday, happily ever after. But I still have time to make a video for you. It just looks <laughs> awful. Like whoever was the one who said, hey, make a selfie video. You know, we, the people really want to hear from you should be fired. I mean, that completely did the opposite. And notice every time in the past, the man has hidden in a fridge, literally, you know, or under a rock, right? Or like I said, bat, you know, closes him into the bat cave and, you know, stays there until the air has cleared. There's something very concerted and, and even more pathetic about the wine cry of, oh, Tecco Carlson is the bad man. Yet this guy was paying, playing like whack-a-mole between England and Kiev. Remember how he kept popping up everywhere? And it yeah. was, I mean, even then people were like, what the heck, what, why? Why are you there again? Why aren't you here? You know, I just, I just cannot believe this is where we're at because whatever this man has done, whatever he has been complicit in, it is so bad. They're making him bleed out before the people. And it's only going to get worse. Now, I do believe the establishment has a plan for them. He's their show pony. They're not going to let him go. So they're going to bleed him out at the same time, push him forward and make sure that brainwashing and enough back Boris bots were out to destroy me and target me and enough billionaires start suing me again. Just watch, you know, because they'll come out of every wood corner to silence anybody pointing the finger. Right. And just one thing, somebody asked, why don't you ask his friends and family that you've been talking to to come forward and speak? And I laughed out loud. Are you kidding? Everyone's running for cover. No one wants to take responsibility for anything. I had no choice but to come fight for the people because of the lies they presented the public with me for. So this was a personal thing. But everybody else, they they rely on the establishment. Their careers rely on establishment. I cannot believe how many bottom-feeding wannabe politicians, you know, of all the parties, reform, Tory, they, they just sit there continuing to back the establishment. They are part of the problem. They are the enablers that keep us where we are. Shut them down, little by little, go up the ladder, and eventually you'll suffocate the parasites at the top. 
because that's that's yeah. what they are at this point. So yeah, that's absolutely. how I <laughs> well, uh, very, very strong words. I, you know, uh, I, I think what what he's done uh, over the last year, two years, four years has been deplorable oh, yeah. Um, yeah. in keeping the war going in Ukraine and in keeping people locked up when he and people around in the establishment were enjoying um, drinks, parties and wine and so on in Downing Street. And we know that they weren't as scared of the virus they were trying to make everybody else scared of. Look, Jennifer, I thank you so much for coming on and speaking about those things. Um, I think that's all that we got time for uh, today because we're coming up to the end of the show. It's been absolutely lovely to have you on. Um, thank you for joining me on my first show today. Uh, if you join me, I am David Curtin on The David Curtin Show. This is today's News Talk TNT.